Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Uh, hi, everybody. Producers Drew Young. We are live from the Stiefel Sports Studio. We are on YouTube. Just search for sports on a Sunday morning. We're on Twitter, on the KMOX Sports account. We're on Twitch. We're all over the place. We're live. Hello, everybody. We are video streaming, but we are also on KMOX Radio, and this is the tradition, sports on a Sunday morning. Good show lined up today. I'll give you the guests in just a moment. We are headed to San Diego in a matter of moments for live coverage of baseball's winter meetings. They get underway today. It's only 8.06 in San Diego, but we will get right there with Mike Claiborne and Matt Pauley. They are standing by for a live update coming up at 10.15 Central Time, 8.15 on the West Coast. To make sure you tune into that in just about eight minutes. We also have Travis Ford. That's our other broadcast partner, St. Louis University. He was a winner yesterday, 85-72 over Southern Illinois. The head coach of the Billikens joins us in 23 minutes at 10.30 to talk about his team. Nice win over SIU. The women also won on KMOX last night. Doubleheader, won them both, swept it. Men won the first one. Women won the second one over Illinois State, 75-60. Joaquin Buckley, UFC fighter with us at 1045. Drew, thanks for setting that up. He is a St. Louis native. Look forward to chatting with him about a sport that really intrigues me and an upcoming fight at T-Mobile Arena for UFC 282. That's this coming Saturday, December 10th. Uh, I'm going to be in Las Vegas uh, this weekend, by the way. I might just have to do that. I'm going to go see Indiana play Arizona, so maybe we'll do a little little double dip there. Uh, Also, uh, we have a great guest in Ron Zetcher, and many of you in our listening audience, and I know longtime listeners of sports on a Sunday morning know who Zetch is. Hall of Famer, St. Louis Sports Hall of Famer, and in various halls of fame for his 
work as a referee. He was also a youth sports coach, uh, coach at Ledoux for a long time. Uh, but he has refed at the highest level. So the Big 8, the Big 10, on and on it goes. He will be in studio with us at 11.05 to tell some stories and also to talk about the profession of officiating because I do think that it is something that is very much needed from the youth level all the way up. So we'll talk to Zetch about that. I can't wait to hear his stories about Bob Knight. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, I'm telling you, at 11.05. Then at 11.30, the Blues break down. Blues were awful last night. They lost to Pittsburgh 6-2. to They just are a mess right now. They don't look good at all. It's a complete disaster. But the last time we said that, they rattled off seven wins in a row. They just don't seem like they have any traction right now, and Craig Berube really carved them up. Uh, the Chief did in his postgame press conference. You'll hear that coming up at 11.30. We'll also get a preview of the Chiefs and the Bengals. They play this afternoon on KMOX at 3.25. That's at 11.30 plus my two picks of the day. And then the St. Louis Rowing Club. I'm telling you, we are all over the map today when it comes to sports, but that is a sport you probably aren't aware of. And that is happening in St. Louis, and they're very good. They travel around the country and compete on behalf of St. Louis. We'll hear about them at 11.45. Starting, though, with college football, and it is pretty clear to me who the top four are and will be announced at 11 o'clock. And Bama fans are crossing their fingers and hoping that they get the invite, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think that it should happen. And I think that Nick Saban, as much as I respect him, and I respect the heck out of him, he's the best to ever do it, the argument that they lost two games, but they were close in tough SEC environments, and he doesn't understand why one loss team should be ahead of him, and he would be favored against those teams in a game is a flimsy argument. I'm sorry. I mean, you lost two games that were on your schedule and by the way, won a couple of games very, very close. Uh, they, they, they barely snuck by Texas. Uh, Bama is really good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like they suddenly have some eye popping wins this year. I mean, what were Bama's signature wins to be honest, be honest. They wanted Texas by a point. They beat Utah State and Louisiana Monroe and Vanderbilt. They wanted Arkansas, which turned out to be not a great football team. Missouri beat Arkansas, too. Uh, they beat Texas A&M by four. At home, by the way, a team that had a losing record this year. I don't care how good they were at the start of the year. They ended up with a losing record, and they barely beat them. They lost to Tennessee on the road. They beat Mississippi State. They lost to LSU by a point. They one at Mississippi by six. They beat Ole Miss on the road. Probably their best win, honestly. They beat Austin P, and they beat a bad Auburn team in the Iron Bowl. I I don't see the, the signature Alabama season, so it's a flimsy argument. I think they're out. I think Ohio State is in. I think if you're a Buckeye fan, you should feel very good about them being four I do not think you're going to get a rematch with Michigan at, at the 2-3 game in the Fiesta Bowl. I think that would be wrong. I don't think Ohio State should jump back into the college football playoff and be three. I think they should be four, and I think three should stay TCU. You can't hurt TCU by saying they went undefeated in the Big 12 all year long. They go to the Big 12 championship game. They lose by inches to K-State in overtime. K-State's the 10th-ranked team in the country. Uh, they beat K-State already once this year. Uh, 
it is not like USC who got scorched in the Pac-12 championship by Utah, a team that they lost to twice. That's pretty clear. They're out. For TCU, I don't think you can bounce them out. Could you drop them to four, perhaps, and put Ohio State all the way to three? Maybe. But I kind of hope they don't do that. Uh, It's a Michigan-Ohio State rematch at 2-3. I just... I'd rather see Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, Ohio State 4. I think that's going to ha- how it's going to shake out. And a Georgia-Ohio State game will be great. It'll be at the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. And then the 2-3 game in Arizona, the Fiesta Bowl, would be Michigan-TCU. Be a good game. Michigan will be favored. Probably should win it. But who knows? So that that's how I think it's going to play out. But we'll see. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk some baseball. Winter meetings. San Diego. Next on KMO. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wax. It's on Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Driving jam time. Touchdown, Kansas City! Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are back. It's 1017 on the home of the Cardinals, KMOX, coming to you from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday Morning. Very pleased to open up our winter meetings coverage. Let's go live to San Diego and first say hello to Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne, who is back at the winter meetings. How are you, my friend? I am good, Tom, and it's it's good to be back. It's been a couple of years since we've had winter meetings, and uh, I believe the last one we had was here in San Diego, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Great to hear your voice and get back on Cardinals coverage. You know, we talk about the offseason. This is when the hot stove league begins. Now the coals are on the fire, and we start figuring out what the Cardinals are going to do. And with that, we bring in KMOX's Matt Pauley, the host of Sports Open Line and our network pregame and postgame host. How are you, Matt? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. How about the fact that we have your freshman football coach, Ron Zetcher, coming up next hour? Yeah, looking forward to that. <laughs> Zetch was, yeah, you know, he's a longtime uh, college basketball official. But it was, uh, yeah, when I saw that this morning, I got a kick out of that because, yeah, he was my, uh, he was my freshman football coach many, many, many years ago. Now, I know Klabes knows him well and knows there's some big stories coming in the 11 o'clock hour if you got Zetch on the air. Oh, man, good. I'm thinking about the days when he worked uh, locally and 
he he's seen a lot. Trust me. So I'm I'm anxious to hear some of the stories he can he can tell you on the air. Oh, that's exactly right. When we turn the mics off and we're streaming live on YouTube right now, maybe we should open up those mics and see what what comes out of that. Um, Klaibs, I want to start with you here because I know Zetch is listening right now and wants to know just like everybody else what the Cardinals are going to do. While we can't answer that question, we do have a bit of a framework of what their needs are. So let's start there. Yeah, Tom, that's a good point. Um, you know, sometimes you come out and look to kick the tires on situations, but you know what you need. You, you've made it clear that you want a frontline catcher. Uh, you would like to have more pitching, especially on the front end of the rotation. And, and I think at that point you want to kind of shore up some areas and make some decisions on some people who you think – uh, can really be part of your ball club for next year. I, I think the outfield is still kind of up in the air, uh, you know, with O'Neill's situation injury-wise. Dylan Carlson didn't have the sort of season that I know he wanted to have. And so you you got to make some decisions on, was this just something that was an off year, or do you look to en- enhance that? Not to mention that you have Jordan Walker, who's knocking at the door. I mean, he's, he played well in the Arizona Fall League. He's played well just about everywhere. And you're going to give him a longer look in spring training. So those are some of the things. But, Tom, I'll tell you one of the other things that I would like to see is shoring up the bullpen a little bit, a little bit more experience, a little bit more uh, veteran leadership, and maybe another guy perhaps too that can close, that has closing experience. Uh, you know, the way the game is being played today, that that one closer doesn't do it anymore. I, I think you have to have at least two guys because the way you use closers, you can't run a guy out there every night and expect him to have anything come August. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and Matt, John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations, who is in San Diego, won't be joining us on the show today. He's quite busy, but uh, he has said it on this show and on KMOX over and over again since Yadier Molina officially signed those papers. Their number one target is a catcher. And Matt, it's the first time in years that they've had to think about a starting catcher. Where do you think they're going right now? Well, yeah, I mean, you think about the history of this organization. Essentially, over the last 30 years, they've had three catchers in Pagnazzi, Matheny, and, and Molina. I know there were a couple of years in there with Marrero and Lampkin and DeFelice and those guys. But for the most part, it's been three catchers over the last 30 years. So this is an area that they have not had to go very often. What's What's interesting to me is, does it end up being a free agent signing or does it end up being a trade? Because when you talk about the free agents out there, you talk about Wilson Contreras, you talk about Christian Vasquez, but then from a trade standpoint, uh, maybe you do talk to Toronto and it ends up being Jansen. He seems to be the guy that Cardinals fans are least enthused about. And then Murphy with Oakland, that's the guy who, if I could just pick any possible available catcher and just pluck him onto the Cardinals, that would be the guy. He's a good defensive catcher. He's a good offensive catcher. Uh, he seems to fit the Cardinals and what they want uh, probably more than anybody else that's potentially out there. But the Cardinals are not the only suitor for him. Uh, there's a lot of interest. He's a very, very good player. So that's the uh, that's the game they play, right, Tom, where you know there's, there's multiple teams interested in a single player and you want to go get them, but you also uh, want to make sure that you don't give up too much. You know, Klaibs, the Cardinals, as you illustrated perfectly, have several needs, and the convention wisdom is the team is going to spread the wealth to address all of those. There is a criticism, though, towards this team, ownership, John Mosellock, etc., that the team does not make big splashes and doesn't go after big names. I would contend that they do. Uh, they have uh, now. They don't always work out, but I mean, John Mosellock has made a habit of chasing big names. Matt Holiday, uh, Dexter Fowler. Again, some of these didn't work out. Jason Hayward. 
You can't say that they didn't go after Carlos Beltran, Marcelo Zuna, uh, heck, John Carlos Stanton, another outfielder who didn't work out because he didn't want to waive his no trade clause. Not like they didn't go after him. Uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt. So I, I think that's a bit false that the Cardinals don't try to make big splashes. And on occasions, they have. I agree with you. Um, when you think about the free agent signings, um, they probably haven't panned out as well as you'd hope for to. Um, you know, you mentioned Beltran and Berkman and people are like that. Uh, but the recent free agent signings haven't really bared the fruit that you'd hope for. Uh, they've been very good at trades. I mean, when you think about Arnado and Goldschmidt and how you got those guys, and, you know, I'm looking now at, at the uh, Goldschmidt trade, and there's a couple of guys on that team in Arizona that, that didn't even get offered contracts. And it's not that you're trying to fleece anybody, but I, I really feel like they, they show the versatility uh, of being able to acquire players. But uh, I would agree, when it comes to spending money, they, they spent it when they needed to. And if you don't think so, look at what you're paying the first baseman and the third baseman right now. I mean, they, they have payroll flexibility. There's no doubt about it, and they even have more. But, Tom, I'm on the old school. Just because you're a free agent doesn't make you an all-star. I, you got to be careful. I totally hear that. Matt, how do you see it playing out payroll-wise? I mean, just like all of us, I'm sure you look at the numbers and try to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah, I think it's going to go – so the thing is, a lot of people have tried to figure out when Mosellac said that they're going to increase payroll. So what does that really mean? Because there's arbitration-eligible guys, there's guys whose contracts just have their salaries going up, so there's almost no way to go into this offseason where payroll wasn't going to go up. But I don't think... I don't think a president of baseball operations goes on record and has talked so openly about the fact that payroll is going to go up and then payroll only goes up to account for those those things that have to go up anyway. So for me, I do expect that it's going to be a, a significant increase uh, in payroll where you can bring in a, a couple legitimate guys, and I feel like the, the, the lineup still needs two bats. Like whether, whether one of those bats comes from the catcher spot, which it probably will, they still need somebody beyond that, and it's not going to be cheap so if they're able to pull that off there's there's no way to go about this without a significant increase in payroll it'll be interesting going back to pitching claves the need for starting pitching how dire is that especially when you consider the depth issues that they've had do they chase starting pitching i think you should um you when you look at the postseason and every good team has at least two, if not three, legitimate first-line, front-line starters, um, I think you have to have it. And while we hope Jack Flaherty is going to be effective, uh, we saw what Miles Michaelis could do. Uh, Jordan Montgomery was terrific in his outings with the Cardinals. Um, you'd like to have just one more bullet because, you know, what if you don't sign Quintana? Uh, what if Dakota Hudson is not part of this team? You have some other young players that might be on the cusp, but we're talking about trying to win now. And, and that's a big difference. Uh, you know, if you want to wait on some kids, that's fine. But if you, in the process, you're not helping the current ball club. And I think that's what we're looking for now. Going through the one and done process of postseason has worn thin on some. And I'm, I'm sure that John Mosellock and his team would, would prefer to play on beyond. So I, I think that if you get a guy that's a shutdown guy and you go into a series and say, holy cow, I got this guy, Flaherty and Michaelis, you know, and you got a left-hander in, in Montgomery, you know, and think about how these schedules are going to be this year. You're going to see some teams that are going to see four of your guys in a, in a series. So there's a lot of things that go into making sure that you are bolstered up front 
uh, because you don't want to have just a bunch of five and fly guys. You have to have some people who can get deeper in the games because you're going to have to show up the bullpen also. What do you see, a uh, final thing for you, Matt, just in terms of personnel, some needs on your end? I asked you specifically about catcher and then a payroll question, but just your thoughts on uh, other positions. you go along with Klaibs on, on some of those? Yeah, absolutely. I think a high-end starting pitcher, and to just to echo what Klaibs already said, you look at uh, the guys who are starting in the postseason for teams that were having success in the National League, and with all due respect to uh, Jose Quintana, who was a Game 1 starter for the Cardinals, Quintana's not a Game 1 starter for those teams that made their run in, in the National League. So a high-end starter, and I still think the outfield is a really good place where you can uh, go out and improve. I think one of the big questions, though, and this is generally you think about roster depth, as being a good thing I look at this Cardinals team and you look at all the starters that they have and you look at all the outfielders they have you don't want those guys to just walk away for nothing so one area where I think you have to kind of navigate through if you're John Mosellock if you want to upgrade those positions you have to deal with your roster depth uh, there because you got to take some guys off the 40-man roster so maybe that means you're trading away some guys off of the major league roster which sometimes isn't as easy to do if you're dealing with an Oakland Oakland might not be real interested in guys who are on your major league roster. So that's just another part of navigating through this offseason uh, when you have as much major league depth as the Cardinals have. Give us and, the, and you know, Tom, yeah, go ahead, Clips. I, I was just going to say there's a couple of other question marks here. Uh, we've gone, what, 15 minutes now and, and have not mentioned what the shortstop situation is going to look like. Paul DeYoung is still on this roster. And do you think if a change in scenery from a hitting coach standpoint could help his career – do you give him time to see what he does in spring training, or do you just put him in a package and move him on as the winter meetings proceed? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think that you know it's definitely worth watching to see how that pans out. Klaibs, uh, just final thing for you. Give us uh, a reminder of how winter meetings work and what you expect to see. It's just a big baseball convention, among other things. Yeah, it is, and it is a winter meetings where most departments of every major league team are represented. They have their breakout meetings to discuss things internally with regard to what their roles are. Uh, there'll be a lot of handshaking in the lobby. Uh, a lot of guys will be the, – the, the thing you hear most is what are you hearing because everybody's running with rumors right now, and I, there's a handful of people who actually know what's going on. And um, – it's one of those situations where you just have to pay attention to what's going on. Scott Boris will make his appearance and hold court in front of about 50 or 60 writers and reporters. And then we'll uh, have a chance to visit every day with John Mozeliak, uh in his suite and just kind of run through what took place that day and maybe give him some, give him giving us some thoughts on what he sees down the road. So what I'd say to everyone, while it would be nice that we get a deal done while we're here, they normally don't happen in that manner. Now, the urgency may be greater now because you're seeing teams we haven't seen participate in free agency in a long, long time. So maybe with some new teams and some new dance partners and more players that are interested in going to those places, you may see some urgency. But normally you'll, you'll try and lay out the foundation and then you move on. And first, let's face it, the free agents you probably have already talked to. OK, you probably already had a conversation or a visit with them. Uh, the, the guys you want to trade for, you obviously couldn't do that. So it'll give you a chance to really kind of kick the tires and see what your intel tells you on what what their value could actually be to you and what teams are interested in your personnel. 
This report from the winter meetings presented by Goodwill. Donate a car for four free Cardinals box seats. Matt Pauley, before we go, what's your programming looking like this week, including countdown to opening day? Yeah, we'll have that. Klaibs and I will be uh, together on a Wednesday from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. We have just a one-hour sports open line on Monday, and then on Tuesday, no sports open line due to slew basketball. But uh, I'll be popping up on the station all the time over the next uh, few days uh, with scheduled appearances. And then if there's any breaking news, uh, we'll be ready to, to hop on right away. So uh, folks are going to hear a whole lot of us from uh, San Diego uh, through the end of the winter meetings. Gentlemen, thank you for the extended visit. Great to have you both on KM. OX's Sports on a Sunday morning. We'll catch up with you all week. All right, Tom. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks. Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne, KMOX's Matt Pauley, right here, live from San Diego. This is the place to stay tuned to baseball's winter meetings. They get underway today. Everything Cardinals right here on KMOX. We're also the home of the Billikens. Travis Ford joins us right after the break from the Stiefel Sports Studio. KMOX. We're back on Sports on a Sunday morning. Our talk with Billikens head coach Travis Ford is sponsored by Royal Banks of Missouri. Here's the call from last night. Yuri Waiting, waiting, waiting for Fred Thatch. Wants to drive the mask. Two on the shot clock. Fade away three. No good. Rebound to Coral. He goes up. Drift yes. Count the basket. Yes. That is a big time dunk. <laughs> you go. Wow. On his head. On his head. <laughs> Been waiting for that all season, Reverend. Wow, a ferocious <laughs> two hand. <laughs> Straight up with the jam. <laughs> Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr. with the call. Earl loved that, Coach Travis Ford, and I know you were feeling the same as Francis Okoro throws it down. Yeah, no doubt. It was uh, it was good game for us yesterday. Appreciate you having me on, first of all. And It was a good game against a really good Southern Illinois team uh, that come in with some big wins at Oklahoma State and just beat Evansville two nights before by 35, I think. Um, so, you know, really good game. Thought, uh, you know, Francis had had some good moments, as we heard right there. It's always fun to hear Rammer and Earl get excited. That's always a lot of fun. Yeah, it is, and they did have some fun in an 85-72 win for your team over, as you mentioned, a very good Southern Illinois team that tried to keep it close, and eventually you pulled away, and that dunk was part of it. Just a big, strong team with Okoro and Pickett and Thatch and you name them, Forrester. This is a team that has some power, and yesterday you were able to not only do that inside, uh, but you were able to hit some shots from the outside. It was really a nice, complete win for you. Well, I think it was, uh, you know, you you look at both teams of lately, uh, no question, Southern Illinois had been winning with defense. Their defensive numbers were just incredible. Some of the best defensive numbers I've seen. And then our defense has actually been doing really well, outdoing our offense. So you would have thought going in, it would just have been a grinded-out game, probably scoring in the 50s, maybe the 60s. Well, the next thing you know, the whole first half, neither team could miss. Uh, I think it's like 45. We had 45 points at halftime. They had 35. Um, and both teams' offenses were really playing well. I, I, I thought our offensive efficiency – for us, was probably about as good as it's been for the first 30 minutes of the game. Um, really, really were executing, looking at all of our options. Every player on the team was touching the ball. Uh, so I was really happy uh, with with our offense. 
but uh, overall, you know, we, we they made I think seven threes or something in the first half on us to keep it close. Um, but overall, I thought it was one of our better performances for 40 minutes. Yeah, I don't think there's a doubt. And speaking of minutes, Yuri Collins plays 38 of those 40. He dishes out 14 assists, a double-double for him. He continues to put up these double-digit assist performances and puts together another double-double for Yuri Collins right now. I mean, it is remarkable what he's doing. Uh, He had 13 points, 14 assists. He now has five double-digit assist games this season, third in the last four contests, Coach, including a 20-assist performance. He is dishing out some dimes. Yeah, no question. Uh, You know, it's something, obviously, he led the country in assists last year, and he's just a special passer. He has an incredible feel for the game, and, you know, he makes uh, on-time, on-target passes, uh, you know, some passes is just, you know, there are those wild factors. You just don't see it coming. And so the, the fun thing to watch is, you know, the players that are around, uh, uh, we all know assists. It takes two people, you know, it, yeah. Yuri's going to find guys. He's incredible at it, but then he's going to have to have somebody make the shot, make the cut, make a screen, whatever it may be. So, you know, it, it's a two way street and these players around him, Gibson Jimerson, Javon Pickett, Fred Thatch, Javante, UTJ, they're now really, you know, running the court harder than they've ever had because they know they might get it. They're cutting in the half court better than they ever have because they know they're going to get it. Guys are screening because they, they know they're going to get hit on time. You know, so uh, it, 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 as much as we obviously put into Yuri's assist, and we should because it is incredible, I'm really impressed with these other guys as well on how hard they're cutting and moving without the ball and finishing shots to be able to get those 20 assists and 14 assists. So it's a two-way street. Absolutely. And that offensive efficiency was on display as your team shot just a touch under 58% yesterday against Southern Illinois, winning at 85-72. Can't ignore the fact that Javante Perkins was on the bench for a good portion of that. Uh, I noticed that after he had committed that third foul, an offensive foul, he did uh, sit out for a while and you rode uh, Jimerson and Thatch and Pickett. Yeah, it was more of that than anything. Uh, you know, obviously he did get in foul trouble. You know, I think he had three offensive fouls yesterday. Um, and, you know, we put Fred Thatch in, and Fred really played well yesterday. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, it's not necessarily the guy on the bench. It's what the guy in the game is doing. And you got to stick with that. Uh, under under the 10-minute mark of the second half, it came. it became a really grinded-out game. It became a defensive game, a physical game. Uh, and, you know, I thought Fred did a good job of helping us in that manner. Uh, Javante obviously is going to have his moments as he continues to get healthy, as he continues to get back into stride and things like that. But it was more of just, you know, needing Fred Thatch out there for the physical play. Next up for you, Rick Patino and Iona. I sat behind Coach Patino in the last game and was thoroughly entertained. And I don't mean that uh, flippantly. I mean, I just, as somebody who admires basketball, watching him at work was really something special. Wasn't the first game that I've attended that he's coached, but to be that close and to hear him directing his team was really something. I know that uh, the two of you have a great history, and it's neat to see you two hooking up. Yeah, you know, it was one of those games last year that we put together at the very last minute because we both had COVID uh, cancellations. And, 
you know, he, he was kind enough to come here last year, probably less than 48 hours. We put the game together. Uh, and, and you saw an incredible game. It came down to a last-second tip-in by Fred Thatch. We're down one, and he tips the ball in underneath the basket uh, to, for us to win the game. Uh, an incredible grinded-out game, low-scoring game, probably one of the more physical games we've we played in all year long last year. But you're right, Coach Fertino, somebody obviously who I played for, I learned under, somebody who has been a mentor to me, somebody who I think is one of the great all-time college basketball coaches. Uh, I think his record proves that everywhere he's been. Uh, he's taken Iona team and really kind of rebuilt that. They've had great, great seasons, no doubt about it, but they've been down for a year or so, and he came in and all, you know, took them to the NCAA tournament the very first year he's there. And uh, no different with this team he's got now. Very talented team. He's added some transfers. They're a big team, a really big team. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the best at preparation I've ever been around. His teams are going to play hard and physical, and they're going to press you for 40 minutes with nonstop 40 minutes pressing, trapping. Uh, so we're going to have to be prepared. Nobody knows that as well as Travis Ford, the former University of Kentucky star, and with Rick Pitino at the helm now at Iona. That game is Tuesday night at 6 o'clock here on KMOX, and then on Wednesday night you'll be on KMOX again because we're carrying the Jack Buck Awards. You'll be presenting the Carl O. Bauer Award to Yuri Collins, and then back-to-back Saturday nights at home. In fact, three straight non-conference home games, December 10th, 17th, and 21st against Boise State. State, Drake, and a fun local one against SIUE. So you'll be busy before Christmas, and then the A-10 season starts, Coach. Yeah, you know, you you just mentioned our schedule. These are some of the hottest teams in America right now. From Iona, um, who's, you know, won their last game. They play again today. Boise State drilled at Texas A&M last night at Texas A&M, beat them bad. Um, they've won a bunch of big games. They, I think they've got three power five conference wins already. Boise state Drake is like nine and one and one of the oldest teams. I think maybe the oldest team in America, um, and led by maybe a lottery pick. Um, so we got some big time games. SIUE is also a seven, eight, one start, whatever they're, they're off to an incredible start. He's doing a great job over there. So yeah, our schedule is about as brutal as there is in the country. Uh, last time I saw them, it was like ranked 18th in the country. So we're going to be ready and, you know, keep our guys mentally and physically sharp uh, because it is uh, every time you turn around, you're prepared for it seems like just a bigger game every day. Hear that. Also a tough schedule for Rebecca Tillett, and she pulls off a nice victory last night at home against Illinois State, 75-65. Had fun calling that one. So congrats to both coaches, Ford and Tillett. A sweep for SLU at Chaffetz Arena. And our talk with Billiken's head coach, Travis Ford, sponsored by Royal Banks of Missouri. Always a pleasure to chat with you, talk some hoops. Good luck, safe travels to New York. I appreciate it so much. Always enjoy it. Thanks a lot. The same. Great to visit with Travis Ford. Billikens win at 85-72 over Southern Illinois. This Saturday, UFC, T-Mobile Arena, UFC 282, and a St. Louisan. Joaquin Buckley will be in a middleweight bout. We are going to talk to him live next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On KMOX, sports on a Sunday morning. It's 1044. It's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Driving jam time. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. Welcome back to sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Very pleased to be joined by a fellow St. Louisan, Joaquin Buckley, who's going to be fighting a middleweight bout UFC Saturday, this Saturday, December 10th, against Chris Curtis at T-Mobile Arena, UFC 282. And what a pleasure to be joined by Joaquin Buckley. How are you? How you doing, sir? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm excited to see this. Now, here's the thing. I was just telling our dear friend Drew Young, our producer who set this up, that I am going to be in Vegas that weekend. Uh, I'm I'm going right. to see um, Indiana play Arizona. So, okay, I don't nice, know. Nice, Maybe nice. I might have to make this a, uh, you know, a doubleheader. Maybe I'll do sir, that. You definitely have to uh, drop by and, you know, watch me fight. You know, because I don't think you want to miss out on this historic fight that I, that I plan on putting on. I don't want to miss it. I, I'm i going to have to make plans. I'm going to have to change some stuff up. I've got dinner that night, but um, i got to find out what time. Uh, that's for yeah. sure. And make sure I know exactly when you're fighting. Now, here's the other thing is I have not been to a UFC event. I've watched them on TV. I've watched them on pay-per-view. I've... Uh, tried uh, from the very beginning to understand it better and get into it, and yeah. I can see why it's so entertaining. Why, from your perspective? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my thing is, well, even watching it on TV and seeing the highlights, it's nothing like watching an actual UFC event live. And the reason why I say that is because it's so much emotion behind every fight. You know, it's so much, uh, I wouldn't even say drama, but just uh, so much uh electricity, you know, around the fans and everybody just being so, you know, uh, wild up about the fight. And I believe if you went for the first time live, that you would get addicted, that you would be obsessed with going to every uh, UFC event, you know, because every UFC event that they have is sold out and it's for a reason because people love it, you know. Crazy amounts of energy, no doubt. How did you get into it, Joaquin? Uh, how did I get into it, man? That's a, that's a long story, but I started back when uh, I was 18 years old, you know, uh, I was just always passionate about mixed martial arts. And uh, some of my favorite fighters, like George St. Uh, 
uh, Jackson, Rashad Evans, you know, those are the guys that I looked up to and I was like, man, I really want to do that. I really want to be that. So, you know, when I turned 18 and I was old enough, uh, I just, you know, looked up a gym, you know, and I went to the first MMA gym I found. And, you know, I, you know, I never looked back since. You are considered, I, I, you mentioned a fighter, you are a mixed martial artist. Wouldn't that be appropriate to say that's what you are? Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Mixed martial artist, yep. And you mentioned at the age of 18, you're now 28, so 10 years yeah. at it. What have you learned over that time uh, about yourself? Uh, well, I mean, about myself, you know, that, 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 that I am a fighter, that I am a martial artist, you know, that I'm in the right field. But just over time, I just learned that, you know, this game is, you know, very difficult to maneuver, you know, with just trying to be a talent, you also got to learn the business. So one thing is I'm trying to separate myself as just being a talent and trying to be a businessman when it comes to, you know, negotiating my contracts and uh, putting myself in a position to uh, really headline some of these cards, you know. You are a middleweight, 5'8", 185 pounds, at last check uh, for me on your numbers. Uh, you're taking on Chris Curtis. The two of you, I understand, have agreed to stand up and box during this fight. Now, could that morph into something else, or uh, how does that work? It can always morph into something else, uh, but me and CC didn't make an agreement just to box. You know, we definitely made the agreement to go out there and put on a great show, okay. you know, and that's ex exactly what I plan on doing. Is I really want to uh, pull out something that people have never seen before, like I've done before, and uh, just really go out there and, and, and put on a historic fight. And we don't, the fans, you know. And, yeah, go ahead. Again? Yeah, just put on a historic fight, you know, for the fans that they'll never forget. That's that's my plan. That's my game plan. Right, and we don't want to reveal the game plan in case this uh, gets out there and Chris Curtis can listen to your plans. Like, how do you prepare? for each different opponent? Is it different? How, how are these training camps for you different? Well, you just got to train up to the style of fighter that you are going up against. So if I'm going up against a wrestler, I will grapple heavy for my training. If I'm going up against a striker, I will strike heavy for, you know, the game plan just to make sure that my defense is, is well tight and niche and that my footwork is, uh, is up to par. Uh, so, you know, the styles make fights in uh, mixed martial arts. So, that's the biggest thing. You just have to train for the fighter that you're fighting for. And uh, no matter who you're fighting, you know, you just have to look at the, the holes that they have and be able to try to expose that uh, in the fight. And I mentioned the height and weight. Was I accurate on that? 5'8", 185. And what do you do to keep that weight? How I mean, do you I'm, cut you weight? Know, I'm 5'10 I'm on a good day. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, 185 is the weight class I'm in right now. But I... I I plan on moving down to 170 after this fight. Uh, I'm I'm a welterweight fighter naturally. The only reason why I moved to 185 was for opportunities to fight in the UFC. But now that I showed the UFC exactly what I'm made of and that I'm able to compete at 185, now I'm looking to uh, destroy a lot of guys at 170. You know. Yeah, I understand that. So you also sound great on the radio. I have to say that you have this media. Uh, skill figured out to this point. I mean, is that something that you enjoy? Do you like doing these interviews? And uh, you've gotten, you know, as far as doing a podcast with Joe Rogan, I mean, that's pretty big. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I love it. To be honest with you, I love to be able just to talk about my craft and, and talk about uh, mixed martial arts because I feel like a lot of people do not understand this sport yet, and we're still in a, de a de developmental stage and growing because we're such a young sport. So if I'm able to just, you know, tell people 
about, you know, about my sport and where I come from and my background. I can educate a lot of people uh, on this game. Uh, so I definitely do enjoy the media part. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think it's important for the athletes, the trainers, to talk about the sport, but it's also important for the fans who understand it to be able to explain it to others. Uh, look, those of us that I'm 47 years old, so I grew up on, you know, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield and boxing and, you know, going back to Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler, and that's what okay. I knew. I like you know, that. that's, okay. So that's what I grew up with, so... That's that's my base, and it's hard sometimes. I think. I mean, do you? I know it's a young audience, but have you seen people my age or older be converted and understand the the beauty of it? Well, I, I believe I have done that myself. You know, I have converted people over to watch mixed martial arts when I explain. You know, a lot of fighters that uh, come from either a boxing background or a kickboxing background or a wrestling background. And I, and I get them to transition over to like MMA because you get all fashions from all different martial arts. So you get to see boxing, you get to see wrestling, you get to see jiu-jitsu and all these different things. And uh, you get to see a different element of a different style of uh, fighting. And to be honest with you, it's very exciting because usually when you're watching boxing, you know, you know exactly who's going to win, you know, sometimes. Not all the time, but the majority of the time when you watch a box know exactly who's going to win the fight. But in MMA, it doesn't work that way because there's so many different tools and so many different uh, skill sets that you can use in order to win a fight that can cause the underdog to, to be the, the winner, you know. And uh, that's what I love about mixed martial arts. It's very unpredictable. You can never know what's going to happen in a mixed martial arts fight because there's so many things that can happen. That makes sense? Yeah. So that's why the thrill of watching a fight is so fun because you just don't know what to expect. I think that's a great point that you just made. I think that's a really good way to look at it is the unpredictability of it, the excitement of it. The best thing about sports is walking into a venue and not knowing what's about to happen. I always say one of my favorite parts of sports, and it goes for any sport just about, is the moment before the competition begins. That's when nobody knows what's about to happen until that bell rings or that first ball is kicked in the air or the basketball is tipped in the air or the first tee shot off number one, you just don't know, you know? You just don't know. <laughs> I love that. Man, and I love it. You're yeah, taking so I hope you definitely yeah. come out uh, December 10th and definitely check me out and fight, you know? That ticket is definitely be worth it. Well, I am going to be in Vegas, so I think that this needs to happen. I, I, I will track you down. We'll figure it out. Uh, it is December 10th, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, UFC 282. This is Joaquin Buckley, St. Louis, uh, taking on Chris Curtis. It's going to be awesome. Thank you very much for the time and the visit on KMOX. It's sports on a Sunday morning. Love that. Thank you, Drew Young, our producer, for setting that up. Uh, coming up next hour, he is waiting outside, and that is Hall of Fame basketball referee Ron Zetcher. He is in studio, and are we going to have some fun talking? I've known Zetch my entire life. He and my dad were great friends. Uh, he's known me since I was born. So <laughs> we're talking about uh, great friends, going to talk some hoops, and he knows uh, all the legends and has some great stories, including Bob Knight took a great liking to Ron Zetcher, the referee. That is a rare story right there. That's next on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX, plus the very latest on the college football playoff rankings coming out in a matter of minutes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.